Welcome to HBRV Lifestyle. I am the host, the Honey Badger, giving it to straight in the RV business. As usual, if this is the first time you're listening to this podcast, let me give you a little background into myself. First of all, the Honey Badger thing is a nickname I got years ago at Giant RV in California. Great dealership to work for. And... uh, Anyway, I you know you got Josh the RV nerd, you got Matt's RV towable reviews, you got Miles RV, you know it just Honey Badger RV lifestyle just kind of rolled, and I'm like you know what let's use that old persona and let's just roll with it, right? So I, I'm really just gonna go by the hip on this. I need I, I'm gonna clarify a few things. Well, not clarify. I'm going to elaborate, I should say, on a few things that I posted online. And I'm doing this because I've gotten about 200 requests in the last three days to clarify what I mean when I say beware of bad news RV people on YouTube. Well, let me let me start with this. First of all, this does not apply to every single YouTuber that's in the RV business. And it does not apply. Watch this. It does not apply to folks like Josh the RV Nerd or or um, any of the above, those guys I mentioned prior. Okay. What it's about, guys, it's about three things that have come to light since... Um, let's go from September. Okay. So September 4th, I recorded a podcast and I recorded about seven different videos, uh, from home. And, you know, I got done at like two 30 in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, doing all my editing and everything. And I just, I couldn't go to sleep. So I started watching YouTube videos on what I was doing was I was looking at, uh, full-time RVers because I have never watched a blog or never watched a channel. Boy, was this a mistake. <laughs> this was a very big, bad mistake on my end because I went down a rabbit hole that I probably shouldn't have gone down. Okay. First of all, I want to start with this. I'm, I'm not going to call anybody by name. I'm not going to send a link to their video. I'm not even going to tell you the exact title of their video because you're going to go and research it. I, I'm not going to do it for two reasons. Reason number one is if I kill someone's livelihood calling them out, that's going to come back to me karma-wise. Okay. Uh, number two, reality is that you can't convince everybody. So they, the, these guys have a very loyal fans, that, a very loyal fan base. And it's just, it, it's not going to be good karma for my channel if I just start putting people on blast. But what I am going to do is I'm going to forewarn you guys about everything that's going on or that they're saying that's false. So I counted it. 19 channels, 19 RV channels, and there's hundreds of them. 19 RV channels have horrible, bad information that is far from correct. And when I mean far I'm talking about probably less than 20% of the content has any kind of truth in it. And and where I'm going to start is, let me me start with, uh, this is a common, this is commonly put in a title or commonly put in a thumbnail. And now I'm going to go, I'm going to elaborate further on it, okay? So I'm reading it right now, I'm sitting here reading it, it says... Well, let me mix it up a little bit because I don't want it to be exact. The basics of it is, is the RV market is crashing, manufacturers closing their doors, dealers selling products 70% off MSRP in 2023. Okay. 17 of the 19 channels had this some form of this video some form of this kind of content put on their channel in the last 60 days. Okay. One of them got 1.7 million views in 12 day period. These are the notes I'm reading. Cause I'm not gonna tell you when I watched the video. I could just tell you it was between September and today. 
12 straight days, it came up to 1.7 million views. And I about threw up. I threw up in my mouth. I'm like, so wait a minute. And the content was horrible. I'm not talking about the filming and the editing. That's that they're, they're, they they've learned how to do it. I'm talking about the actual words coming out of their mouth. Seventeen of the nineteen within the first two minutes of that same video was pointing to a link in the link in the description box below on a product that they're trying to sell, and of course they're looking for ad revenue. So what I did was I took five of the channels because they're all in different regions of the world. And I decided to look in their history. And I, I want to thank vidIQ because vidIQ actually has great statistical information that is accessible with their extension on Chrome that I was able to do a lot of heavy research into this. Okay, So I went back to one channel. I went back three years. Okay, Three years, I went back to the end of 2019. That's when they started their YouTube channel, right before the pandemic. And <clears throat> I was watching their videos and looking at stuff, okay? First of all, I learned that they sold their house, they bought a fifth wheel, and they're on the road with their kids. And... Um, <laughs> So when it got to the February of 2020, by the time the lockdown started to start occurring, by the time the COVID was in full swing, this guy's job, the husband's job, said, hey, man, don't quit. We're going to put you on remote. So they went. he went remote work. Okay. Now, if you watch all of their content, Back and forth in at the end of 2019 to the end of 2020, it's actually it, the, the quality is terrible as far as the videos, just like everybody says. My videos were terrible for last year. They're still terrible today. I'm getting better, but the content, the quality of the content, the quality of the information was really good. It was great storytelling. And I could tell why they ended up with, I think it was like, I could, I could tell why they had a big following, okay? But normally their videos would get between thirty-five and 37,000 views and it would stop right there just because that's the way the algorithm kind of works. And I noticed 2021, they got a big jump. Their jump was they were getting about an average of about 150,000 views a month. And some of their videos were doing extremely well. They're getting up to three, four, five hundred thousand views a month when it came to, you know, August, up through about August of, 20, uh, I'm sorry, up through about March of 22. And then I started looking at their content starting July. In July, I started looking at videos that they produced, published in July, and there was a steep decline. So July, August, September, October, November, the last five months, they've only averaged about 37,000 views a month on their YouTube channel, and they constantly post. I'm sorry, my notes are wrong. Through August. Starting in September is when all the clickbait, horse manure, crappy information videos started. <clears throat> So I can tell you from researching these five channels, they all had something in common. First thing that they had in common was both parents were remote workers. At some point this year, they had to quit their jobs or were fired from their jobs because they were required to go back to the office at least three days a week. And they said no because they liked full-timing or they liked what they are doing. I won't go much into detail. You can guess for yourselves. And they were living off the YouTube ad program. And then they started selling products off their YouTube channel. And God bless them. I, I'm going to eventually do that. 
but I'm not going to put clickbait crap on there. Will, will it look clickbaitish? Sure. I have a video on my YouTube channel that looks clickbaitish, but if you actually watch the video, it's exactly what I say it is. And it's all good information that a lot of people are using to save money on their RV purchase now instead of waiting till next year. I've gotten great emails and great information and great feedback from a lot of my fans. Thank you guys very much for being fans. Appreciate the support. And a lot of you said, man, that video really helped. And I'm like, you know what? I need to get the word out there. I need to get the word out there that they can't listen to these folks. That Most of them, let me tell you, this is the other thing. Through, through watching these 19 channels, only one of them has ever worked in an RV lot before. One. The rest of them have net, didn't even know what RV what RVing was until they started full-timing because of the pandemic. Hey man, I don't I, I don't blame people. Look, I know it's I know it's tough out there right now. It's tough to make a buck. Inflation's high, gas prices are high, food prices are high. A lot of these guys their warranties are expired. They didn't buy extended warranties. One of the videos uh, in September, the, the lady said that she really regretted listening to her husband of not getting the extended warranty. Amazing, right? <clears throat> so here, here's some advice. If you are one of these YouTubers and you know that I'm talking about you in this respect... I have advice for you. Prove me wrong. Come on my podcast. And I will personally show you where you're wrong. And if you did that, that would prove to everybody that you didn't do it on ten- intentionally. And I know it was intentional because money. 1.7 million views when you're used to only getting 400,000 views a month. 1.7 million views. Now, if you're getting the paid the way I get paid, you know, I want everybody to think about this, okay? So, I get paid $9.38 per every 1,000 views. Okay? So, let's go one million seven hundred thousand divided by one thousand times nine dollars and eighty three cents that's a sixteen thousand seven hundred dollar month from YouTube for ad revenue now that's if they get paid as much as I do I get paid pretty well I'm I'm probably in the top pay scale per thousand videos if you go look at Mr. Beast and you go look at uh, some of these other guys, um, it would be interesting. So, ooh, my boss is texting me. Hold on. So, anyway, as I'm texting my boss back here, the other video type that's coming out... Um, It, 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 it's, uh, sorry about that. Okay. So the other video type was the title and the thumbnail had something like, do not buy an RV in 2022 or 2023, uh, market crashing. You'll lose tens of thousands of dollars if you buy now. Now, you click on those type of videos and 60 seconds in they're ready to they're giving their brand deal pitch. I'm not joking with you. 60 seconds the average on these type of videos. And they're already trying to do some kind of brand deal. Now, it's not fair. Watch this. 
it's not fair to the brand that they're representing or the brand that's sponsoring them that they're giving bad information because now you're hooked into false fake news and and this is this is the warning and again this is another warning to those youtubers you don't understand the consequences of when you pull this kind of lever when you pull this kind of lever and your information is far from correct Brands start pulling out. So this video, one of them in particular, I watched. Three-day period, 630, 637,000 views. Three-day period. So, so far, when I did the count of views, I don't know how many people it is, but I counted the views. Out of these 19 channels over the last two months... There has been 31,422,638 views on false information about the RV business and where it's going. That hurts the dealership. That hurts the manufacturer. And above all, it hurts you, the consumer, because you're not being given the right information. First of all, the RV market is not crashing. Okay, The RV market is strong as far as the companies. The companies have a lot of liquidity. The companies have a lot of money in the bank. And they're structured properly. Watch this, guys. This is where these people get this wrong. They are structured properly because of the Great Recession. If it wasn't for 2000, now if we didn't go through 2008, 9, and 10, and even end of 07, I would probably agree with their opinions. But because we went through the recession, and these companies all survived the recession, and these companies have tens of billions of dollars backing them, Forest River is not only Pete Legal's company. It's not only the general managers and the presidents of, you know, East to West and Coachman and Primetime and so on and so forth. It is a Warren Buffett company. It has made Warren Buffett buckets of money. And Warren Buffett understands sales cycles and economic cycles. And he knows where to invest, how to invest, and where that needs to go. And then on top of that, Pete Legal is probably one of the smartest men I ever met. Now, it is sad that we are losing uh, Michael Turlett. We're losing him to retirement. But he's another one of those highly intelligent, forward-thinking individuals. You have general managers at the plants that have been through this. My general manager in, in is specifically has been a part of Heartland, Evergreen, Coachman. He has open plants, closed plants. He knows this business forward and backward. The man is a wealth of knowledge and forward thinking, and he evolves. And, and the only reason why I know this is because I was sold on working for Coachman. I could have stayed in the dealership lot. I could have stayed at Camping World. I was sold on going to Coachman not just because of the money, the money and the freedom and, and the ability to be with my kids and all that stuff is great, but I did it because I could tell they wanted to evolve. So between my boss and my general manager, they came up with a plan to evolve this Coachman trailer brand, and it is becoming, it is a great looking trailer, but that's not the point. The point is it's constantly evolving. Rockwood is constantly evolving. Now, let's go look over at Thor, okay? Bob Martin is a super intelligent guy. He has a he has public support. They are a publicly traded company. And they have an army of people that have been through this. Winnebago has survived more than any of these companies. 
So the manufacturers are not closing their doors. What they are doing is they're closing their overflow lots. Okay. And this is where I, I'm telling you, if you don't like my style of feeding you this information, then there's others. Well, I'm texting my boss again. Hold on just a second. We had something I got to do. So anyway, uh, getting back to overflow plants. There are dealer, there are manufacturers that have overflow plants that they have West Coast, East Coast. I mean, there's all kinds of production things. So, so for a, a, a set of YouTubers who have never been in the RV business before, to say and make titles and thumbnails like this are ridiculous. And, and the last type of video, and then I'm going to go into another subject. The last type of video is the video about bringing dealers on, on dealer principals or dealer owners that don't like Camping World. This is where I'm going to mention, I'm not going to mention the dealer names doing this, but I'm going to mention Camping World, okay? So there are, I'm going to say there are a couple of channels and podcasts that are bringing on these dealers that are getting their butt kicked by Camping World. Camping World is a different beast, and depending on who's running it. So for example, guys, let me let me give you a great example, okay? There's, uh, there, there's two guys... Uh, in Vacaville, uh, the camping world of Vacaville. You got Phil and then you got Eddie, okay? Phil and Eddie know how to run a dealership. They, they, they have processes in place that make that camping world in Vacaville, California very, very successful. And it starts at the top, and Eddie's right there, right there. In fact, Eddie will run... A camping world store sometime in the future not too far away okay he's that good but he's but realize he's been in the business for years his parents owned a dealership so he he has the knowledge and he has the abilities and he has that quickness to him right so the camping worlds out in and they're all individually run realize okay camping world throughout the country has really good dealerships and then there's others right the ones that are good that have guys like eddie and phil are going to dominate okay and if you're not willing to evolve as a dealer <clears throat> to compete and to move forward and have forward thinking you're gonna get swallowed up by that by that by that dealership okay so going on a podcast or going on a YouTube channel, and this is several YouTube channels and podcasts, and bash Camping World because they're kicking your butt. And this is where they bash them, guys. They bash them, and I'm not, I'm not pro Camping World. I'm not against Camping World. I'm neutral about everything, okay? I, I, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm mostly about people because this is a very people-oriented business, all right? But... Getting back to it, if you're a dealership and you're getting your butt kicked every day by a Camping World or a Gander or a General RV or a Lazy Days RV or a Blue Dog RV or whoever a big conglomerate or a Bish's RV and you come on to a podcast or a YouTube video and you start bashing them to death, it doesn't make you look good. And then some of these dealers owners that are getting their butts kicked by these big conglomerates are saying and spitting lies very unfair information that's untrue about extended warranties about service departments about how a dealership is run 
Because let me tell you, let me give you an example. So let me elaborate on that one more step, okay? And I've mentioned this before in previous episodes, but let me be specific with this, okay? I'm going to go deeper. So I'm, I'm going to use... I'm going to use uh, an example of uh, when I worked at Beaumont RV, okay? So I worked at Beaumont RV for almost two years. A customer walks in. They buy a big fifth wheel from me, okay? Now, I did everything. I would do the selling, the financing, the delivery, pretty much everything but the walkthrough, okay? Because we were a very small dealership, so we all had to kind of – wear different hats you know my buddy Doug my buddy Greg Joel Rick uh, even the owner when he come in he would help out Um, you know so we all we all had to share the responsibilities but moving forward I'm getting a little off subject I bring in a finance when I talk to you about extended warranties when I sell you one yes the dealership is making a profit off of that extended warranty otherwise they probably wouldn't sell it to you but that isn't the purpose behind an extended warranty. Yes, the purpose is obviously another profit source, okay? But the main purpose behind an extended warranty, or the correct term for it is service contract, is to give the service department built-in service work. That is its main purpose, okay? Its main purpose is to bring cash flow to the dealership okay so let me be even more specific okay so when first of all service departments don't make any money okay they don't make a profit they're a cash flow center there's a difference and I'm gonna explain the difference when I sell a motorhome from the time we actually the customer takes delivery of the motorhome the loan funds or the cashier's check from being cash gets cashed to the time the loan is paid off, the inventory loan is paid off, I should say, to the time all the DMV and all the fees are paid, to the time the salesperson is paid, proper, actual, actually paid. And I, that, 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 if you're a business owner, you understand what I mean. Okay. To the time the money actually hits the bank, the net profit hits the bank is 17 days. Okay. Sales department is all the profit. The service department carries the sales department's bills, meaning that let me use uh, uh, let me use Giant RV as an example. Giant RV is huge in service in Colton. Okay, so if 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 they do three hundred thousand dollars in revenue, okay. The majority of that is labor. The majority of that is labor. Maybe, so the cost of parts, let's say we take the cost of parts out and it ends up, let's say, 200 grand. Okay. $200,000 pays your payroll, pays your bills, pays your lease. It carries you over while the sales money is being processed. So if you come on to a podcast or you come on to a YouTube channel and you flat out tell everybody to their face as an owner that you do not believe in selling extended warranties because they're a ripoff and Camping World rips everybody off, you are lying to the public or you just are you or you're just super rich and you have all the cash in the world and you just do it for moral reasons you got to give the explanation of what an extended warranty represents okay yes it is an extra profit center for the dealership not going to deny that Of course, they're making a little bit of money on it. But the main purpose behind an extended warranty or service contract is cash flow. 
Because remember, these only have majority of these only have a one year warranty. One year is all they have. And it's easier and, and, and you get paid faster in service. Service is cash if it's all done properly. Again, that's if it's done properly. Service is cash gets processed faster than sales profit. <clears throat> so that's why guys like Marcus Lemonis, guys like uh, Bob Rudy when he was alive, folks like Frank DeGallis, folks like the people at Lazy Days and General RV and all these places, this is the reason why these folks keep building their service departments bigger and bigger because they need the cash flow. The cash flow, yes, they're profitable. Yes, they make money at the end of the year. But you got to constantly be able to pay your people and pay your bills. The bills and the payroll doesn't stop just because you're waiting for money to come in from the sale of a coach. <clears throat> so, folks, this is what I mean by bad information. <clears throat> Pardon me again. This is what I keep meaning by bad information. This is why I'm elaborating this in this podcast episode today. Because it's not something I can simply just type out. It's something that has to be properly explained front to back so you have an understanding of why a dealership runs the way it does. And good dealerships, whether it's Camping World or RV retailers or General RV or Lazy Days or any of these dealerships, any of these big conglomerates, well-run dealerships sell about 70% of the folks an extended warranty. <clears throat> now, let me at the end of the day, let me put a disclaimer out there. I hope you never have to use it. Knock on wood, I hope nothing ever goes wrong with your coach and you never have to use it. But let me tell you something about extended warranty. And excuse my language, if you're a kid, close your ears. But an extended warranty on an RV is like a condom. You'd rather have one and never need it or need it and not have one. <clears throat> now, I never used that in the uh, finance office. I probably would have gotten fired for using it in the finance office. But on my podcast, I can say pretty much whatever I want <laughs> within reason. So... You, it's it's like insurance, guys. I mean, you don't get insurance because you're afraid you're going to get an ad. You don't use insurance because you know you're going to use it. You get insurance to make sure you have it just in case something happens. Make sense? So this is where we need to... Um, this is where we need to get to another subject, but... We need to get to a point where information <clears throat> that you're given is proper, right? So it's just like, you know, some of these 20 groups with dealerships, and boy, am I going to get bashed for this later, but it's just like 20 groups with uh, uh, dealerships. They all want to tell you that service should fight this and do this and do it's all just chaos with a 20 group, okay? Now, 20 groups are like churches in a lot of respects. There's a lot of fellowship. Uh, they, a lot of dealerships communicate with each other. They, 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 you know, for the most part, it's like a band of, band of uh, uh, banditos, but in a good way, okay? And, um, you know, they, they, they share information and they fill each other in on, on certain things that are happening in the industry and things of that nature. But the problem with the the problem is philosophies need to change, okay? And you, philosophies need to change in the RV business as far as that side of it, because if there's more transparency in why we're doing things, then I think that more of these people could not give you bad information. So that's the that's the side on the dealer side, and that's the same thing on the consumer side. On your side, Mr. and Mrs. Customer, you hiding crap from salespeople. Just because, oh, 
If we tell a salesperson that, they're going to have ammunition to sell us today. No, just be real with people. I'm always just said, man, just be real with me. What do you guys want to do? What do you want to accomplish today? I used to walk. It's a giant RV. I, everybody get mad at me. I had no greeting. My greeting was, hey, guys, you got, what are you guys here to do? Drive, find something to tow or something to drive? And most time it'd be, oh, it's something to tow. Great, let's go get on the golf cart. By the way, my name's John. You are, you are, you are. Okay, great, let's go. <clears throat> I didn't sit and interview him. I just got him in the golf cart and let's go. And when I got him in the golf cart, I got him away from everybody where we could speak candidly and I go, okay, what do you want to accomplish today? And they look at me weird. <clears throat> All of you. And if you're you are a customer of mine, uh, by the way, I'm finding out more and more previous customers of mine follow me on not only the podcast, but uh, the YouTube channel. So if, it, it, by the way, if you're watching this on YouTube or you're watching anything else, hey, do me a favor. Give me a comment on your story about me because I know you guys have a lot of good stories about me, you, cut, you lovely customers. Anyway, so I used to just ask people all the time, hey, man, you know, what do you want to accomplish? What is your goal today? People will get so shocked by me asking that question. Like, nobody asks that question. Everybody wants to go ask a million questions. I always ask my first question. I had qualifying questions. Don't get me wrong. Okay. I had qualifying questions. You know, what kind of truck? How many people were going to sleep? Is it just the four of you? You know, have you owned anything before? I had all that. But that wasn't my first one. My first one was always, hey, what do you guys want to accomplish? Okay, what, what was the goal of coming out today? And then whatever they would tell me, I, I had one guy tell me, uh, <laughs> he told me, well, to be frank, we're about, we're about there. We're ready to go. Um, we just need to find something that we all can agree on. And, you know, I, I went straight into great. And I said, what it, you know, with that, and I, I used to say when to guys like that, that gave me some kind of answer like that. Okay, guys. So here's my bottom line. I'm very simple and easy to work with, okay? If you, you don't tell me stuff that isn't true, I won't tell you stuff that isn't true, okay? So let's work together and let's see if something on my lot actually works for you. Just to let you know, I only sell about 20% of the people I actually see. So, you know, if there's 10 people that walk through the door for the week, I sell two of them. So it's like baseball. It's actually below the Mendoza line and I'm a hero. And they'd start laughing. And I go, so I don't know if you're going to be the eight or if you're going to be the two. So if we can agree on that, let's move forward. Let's see if we can find something for you. And let me tell you, people, I got along with people more that way and with my product knowledge because I knew these things in and out pretty much. Um, I, I just didn't give people, I was very transparent. I got a lot more tactful as I got older because the honey that's where the honey badger came from, by the way. The honey badger came from my directness. Like they go, man, John don't give a bleep. He'll go out there and tell anybody anything. And there used to be a story. There was a great story. So a guy named uh, there's a, a guy named Art Hawkins. Art Art's one of my favorite people in this business. I haven't spoken to him in a while. We, we still stay in touch on Facebook. But, um, you know, uh, Wild Bill was one of my favorites too. So Wild Bill and Art are doing this training session with a bunch of green peas, a bunch of new salespeople, okay? And, uh, you know, Wild, Wild Bill stands up, and he's 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 he was really good at, like, kind of communicating a close, you know, how, how, how you actually close a customer. You don't have to be in their face. It's not the car business. You know, he was, he's like, man, you get a lot more done with uh, sugar than you do with, uh, you know, uh, hot coffee or what I forgot what he called it. But um, anyway, one day he's, uh, he's telling these guys that are new, he goes, you know, just make sure my best advice to you guys would be this. Find the guy here at this store that is the best salesperson, the number one salesperson constantly, and do what he does. And Art stood up and said, Bill, don't tell him that. And Bill goes, why? And he goes, remember who our best salesperson is. And he goes, oh, go find the second best salesperson because if you do what John does, you're probably going to get beaten up. And somehow John gets away with it. 
I, I didn't get away with it, guys. I just was very transparent, and people could tell I was – I wasn't a used car salesman, okay? They knew I was going to direct them into the best thing that I thought was going to work for them that was on my lot at that time. And I give it my best shot and follow up with them, and they either bought or they didn't, Okay. I think transparency on a customer side is so important because transparency gets you a better deal than hiding stuff, than playing a game. The RV business is so different from the car business, folks, that... Yes, car dealerships play these nasty mind games. I get tired of it. I'm one of those grinders. I am a big-time grinder. I have driven 400 miles to make a commuter car purchase. I have driven 2,700 miles to buy a truck. Imagine that. I got on a plane. The difference is, is there isn't the horse manure in the RV business that there is in the car business. They're two separate businesses. I always tell guys that are car salesmen, you have to almost forget how to sell a car to sell RVs. And they'd laugh, but then after the first month or two and they start struggling, they'd come back to me and go, hey, man, train me. Tell me what you meant by that. And I said, because RVs, people are smiling as they're towing their vehicle off or driving their motorhome off. When they go to buy a car, they're pissed off because they have to buy a car. So I'll give you an example of this, guys, all right? This is a great example, okay? I bought my fifth wheel. I bought my Cougar fifth wheel locally. I think I drove an hour. But still was within basically my circumference. There were three reasons why I did it. Number one is I know how the business is, and I know it's different than the car business. I personally, if I was going to buy another coach, when I when I buy a new coach, how, whenever I decide to do that, now that I'm going to be moving to Oregon, I'm going to buy it in Oregon. I'm going to buy it from my lo- the local dealer that has the product I'm looking for and want. And the reason why I'm going to do that is because I know this business. I know that it costs more freight. So l- let me give you an example about this and where I'm going with this. All the car and truck dealerships all have equal playing field. Equal playing field. They almost all pay the same thing for everything. Within hundreds of dollars, guys. The RV business is different. The guy in Ohio pays $6,000 less freight than the guy in Washington State or California. The guy right next to the factory in Indiana pays $1,500 less in transportation than the guy in Texas. So it's not all equal. But if you go into the Midwest, your trade-in is worth less than it is in California. So it all balances out, okay? And this is how I know this, guys. So watch this. I want you to pay attention to this, okay? I had a friend of mine that was stupid enough to fly all the way to Ohio to pick up this fifth wheel toy. It was a cyclone. And, well, yeah, he flew out. He had his brother tow his attitude toy hauler. Or no, it was an attitude. I'm sorry, it wasn't an attitude. It was a work and play. His work and play toy hauler to the dealership. Now, he got a quote from a dealer local to him in Southern California for thirty-five grand 
for that that toy hauler. Now, he was saving $7,500 on the Cyclone fifth wheel, but they hit his trade at $22,000. So he was net $3,000 more plus fuel plus flight time plus everything plus driving back he would have saved three grand just doing it as local dealership three grand so where i'm going with this is price isn't everything price is not everything in the rv business i've said that a lot in the in on my show i've said that a lot on my youtube channel okay so I want you guys to be aware of this is buy locally from where you are if they have the product in stock. A better deal is when you're transparent. When you're transparent with the salesperson, they can be transparent with you about what it is. Let me tell you that, the, and I've run into this a lot, guys. I've run into salespeople that hate the game. Number one complaint amongst RV salespeople is we just can't get the truth out of people. All we get are lies. And we hear the lies. It's the same lies over and over again. And you're not lying because you want to lie. You're lying because you were taught not to tell the dealer anything. Because if you tell the dealer anything, that gives the dealer power. Guys, times have changed. Communication. So there, the guy who actually is a, one of the managers at... Uh, Finley RV, he is a great communicator. Him and I sit down and chat all the time. I've listened to him talk to customers. I've listened to most of the sales guys talk to their customers, and they're extremely transparent. That's also why they get a lot of repeat and referral business too. But if you, the customer, were more transparent with the guy you're working with, you're going to get a lot more accomplished than if you hold back information. Okay. So I, I used to have guys, after I would talk to them, after we'd have that open conversation, they would open up and say, hey, man, I got a question for you. Okay, shoot. You know, this, this is back in 2014. Hey, this Cyclone toy hauler, I've seen it for nine grand less up at this dealership in Fresno or Turlock or wherever it was. I forgot where the heck it was at the time. I go, okay, what's the differences? Why are they cheaper? And I used to say, I don't know for sure. It depends on what they, what equipment they put on it. Let's go look at the actual ad on their website and let's see what the differences are. And most of the time it was, what well, didn't have an, and I'll tell you exactly what it was back then, because back then an auto level system on a cyclone toy hauler was an option. Okay. Back then, <laughs> the patio gate and the second awning were an option, and the painted front cap was an option. Nine times out of ten, the guy up north of me had about eight or nine thousand dollars less of options than I did. But I didn't tell people that. I said, let's go look at the website, at his website, and let's see what the differences are. So I used to either take out my tablet or I used to go take them back to my office. Real quick, let's go back in, let's go look at the differences, and let's go back out to mine, and let's see if we can find the differences. And that's transparency on both ends. And let me tell you, they've bought three units from me. They bought three coaches from me, and their family members have bought each a coach from me. I've probably sold probably sold about 22 rigs to that family alone just based on that conversation. But I was tran they, there was transparency on both sides where we had this great open dialogue, this great open communication. Tell us what the objection is. Tell us what the real problem is. There's something that brought you out, guys. There's something that brought you out today to go to the dealership to go look. 
And you have to look before you buy, guys. I don't care what they say. You can't just order these online and go, I'm going to be happy with it no matter what. You have to actually touch and feel something before you can make a decision. I know people were buying stuff sight unseen for a while, but that th 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 you don't have to do that anymore. And a lot of people were very unhappy with buying them sight unseen. But it was the only way back in during the pandemic when the 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 freaking industry was psychotic. So when you, when you're coming to touch and feel, tell them what your game plan is. Tell them what your hesitations are. Sometimes you'll get one of three things. So I, I listened to a manager uh, at a dealership lot. Won't tell you where because that's unfair to them. I think they did a tremendous job. But it finally came out, man, we just don't want to pay that kind of interest. Interest rates are just too high. And the manager said very plainly and said, sir, I completely understand that. Interest rates are double what they were six months ago. Can I ask you three questions and i said i said yeah it says question number one is why didn't you buy when interest rates were lower the guy didn't have an answer to that question the wife did the wife said because prices were too high he felt the prices were too high and now that prices are lower he's willing to buy but interest rates are high and he says well that's kind of how everything works when rates are low Prices are high. When rates are high, prices are low. It's just a way of how, how supply and demand works. And the guy sat there and looked, and he says, hey, man, look, let me, let me ask you a question. How much money were you going to put down? Well, that depends on the price of the unit. Sir, I need a real answer from you. And he said it very directly. I need a real answer from you. How much money were you planning on putting down on something you wanted to buy? The guy got all mad and all puffy, and the wife said, spoke up and said, we were planning on putting about ten grand down. He says, well, ten grand down on a $30,000 trailer? That's fabulous. He goes, your payment's not going to differ that much, and you're going to get the best quali qualified interest rate because you're putting a lot of money down. And my third question to you, sir, is there had to be something that drove you out here. Obviously, you saw prices have dropped, and you know interest rates are high. You knew interest rates were high when you came in. Everybody knows interest rates are high. So what is the real hesitation for you? And then he went into this, he, you know, is it, the, is, it the, is it the wrong unit? Now that you've actually seen it in person again, is it maybe something that you may not like? Maybe, you, maybe you're between a few units. Maybe you're not quite settled yet. The guy said, no, no, no. We're, my wife wants this one. We're going to get this one eventually. He says, okay, did anything me or my people at all do wrong? Did we make you upset? Have we made you so uncomfortable that, you know, you don't want to work with us anymore? I said, no, you guys are fine. He says, okay, so then the third thing that always comes up and the, the majority of it is the money. Is it a 10 grand? And I was sitting there listening to this conversation and the guy says, well, and then it just, there was this hesitation in his voice. It was just a hesitation. And he pulled right back like, nope, got to hide everything from the dealer. You know what? We, we just got to go home and think about it. And he took off for the bathroom. And, and the wife popped up, piped up and said, his fear is that we go out for three or four years and he dies. And when he passes away, he's going to leave me with all this debt. So she said, yeah, it's, it's realistically, I want to put a lot of money down and he wants to keep the cash. If that was said and transparent from the gentleman, because it seemed like he was getting there, there would have been more of a resolution Instead, the guy completely shut off and he left. So this is what I'm referring to, guys. This has changed. Our industries, our techniques, our world building, our ability to communicate needs to get better, not just on, on the dealer side, but on your side too as a consumer.
the defensive approach, the, the quiet approach, the I'm going to hide everything approach, it doesn't get you anywhere. Now, I know not all of you are going to be like this. You guys are going to bash me for it. You're going to call me all these names and tell me I'm full of crap. And, hey, I get it. But if I can reach 20% of you and you go into dealerships wide open and transparent and it's not reciprocated, then you know you're working with the wrong dealer and you need to find somebody else. But let me tell you, majority, and I'm not talking about like a 50% majority, I'm talking about a super majority of sales folks in the RV industry, if you were transparent, would work harder for you and be more transparent themselves. But the hard part is, and, and this is the last thing I'm going to say on this, okay? The hard part is, is don't ask them what they would buy. That, that's a question that cannot be answered properly. Don't ask them what they think is the best product out there either. Because that puts them in a bad spot. Not a bad spot as far as, oh my God, they're going to... It, it puts them in a position. Like if you came out and you said, hey, Honey Badger, what do you think is the best absolute built travel trailer out there? I would say none of them. It would be sarcastic, but I would just start the conversation like that with shock value, and then I would go, look, guys, they're built by human beings. They all have very similar parts, and they're all earthquakes on wheels. There's a warranty on them for a purpose. And I used to say, if your house was shaking every single day for two years straight how long do you think your appliances will last and they used to most of them would say not very long i say okay well thank god the rv business has done something right because the majority of the appliances are going to be in working order when an earthquake on wheels is going down the road and i said but let me ask you guys a few questions and then i went into asking them more about what they're looking for because there is no such thing as the best ever trailer. It is what is best for you and your family. And, there, and, and the problem is when you go up to a salesperson and you ask them which one's the best one and they tell you a Rockwood's the best one, but it's 30 grand outside of your price range, you're never going to think about anything else but a Rockwood. Okay, it, there has to be some um, context involved, I guess is the right word. So there has to be some kind of context into the question. Like here, here would be a better question if you want to know what the best. In your opinion, Jeremy, what is the best <clears throat> unit that you can buy that's around 35 grand? Okay, there's context. Now someone can answer that question <clears throat> and they can answer it without putting their foot in their mouth. Okay? And when there's that kind of context to it, then it, it, it leaves the door of transparency open and it leaves room for you to grow into a 50 something thousand dollar unit if that's where you guys want to go if you wanted to be in a if you could afford a 50 or fifty five thousand dollar unit and you stepped yourself up from 35 to 55 in that transparent conversation that's easier to do than if you had in mind a 25 or thirty five thousand dollar trailer and all of a sudden you ask them what the best one is and you walk in and it's a sixty thousand dollar trailer it, it, you, you got to put some context involved in it I used to have some great conversations. One guy asked me, what's the best living coach? What's the best brand that puts together a living coach? This is back in 2013, 2014. And I go, well, what have you been looking at? And he goes, Montana. And they tell me Montana is the absolute best. And I said, well, Montana is really good. And I said, but really, there's no such thing as a Four Seasons coach. I don't know if you guys know that, but there really is no such thing as a Four Season coach. 
Okay. There is coaches that are better than others in the force in the cold. Okay. But there's no such thing. There, that's why they call them all seasons or they say climate package or climate controlled or tested in. If you go read the stickers, most of the stickers have a lot of disclaimers on it. Because here's the reason why. Let me let me back up from it. The reason why, just real quick, is because there's only a two-inch thick sidewall. Okay, it's hard to be a Four Seasons coach at two-inch thick at a two-inch thick sidewall. There's only so much insulation you can put in a two-inch thick sidewall. All right, moving on. Uh, so anyway, I told the guy very plain and simply. I said, well. So I told him all that, and I said, but there are things Heartland does better than Keystone does for full-time RVers. And then I went into what they do that's better. It's not everything. Montana back then did a lot better job of their cabinetry. Their, in, their interior was higher quality. Their mattresses were higher quality. Heartland was an ugly duckling. The Bighorn, especially in the big country, is like you walked in. Women would, if if you didn't explain how the thing was put together and why it was like this, a, a wife would walk right in and go, "Oh my God, it's ugly as hell," and walk right out. So I used to have to explain to folks why the interior is going to be ugly, and it was because they spent their money in other places. So, and, and that's the other thing that you folks have to realize, and I'll go more into this in the next episode, but do you, manufacturers have a limited amount of money. So they're given money. Okay, so let's just use my, my trailer as an example. So um, let's use my 17BH, okay? It's uh, going to be like the 17B Coleman, all right? So you're talking about a coach that will retail for, let's say, 19.9. okay? So let's use the number 20 grand. At 20 grand... You cannot put everything in a coach that a $80,000 trailer has, okay? So everybody spends money differently to keep price points at a certain place. So there's no way to tell who's better and who's not better. It's how much money and where they're putting their dollars, okay? Let me give you a great example on the product I sell, okay? Where... My GM and my sales manager up in Michigan slash Indiana, where they put the money is in the materials we use for certain things. Like we use huck fasteners rather than welding on the chassis. We custom order the chassis for every floor plan. Or not every floor plan, for every coach, I should say. Okay, And we use a material... That is UV resistant on the roof, uh, roof material that's UV resistant and roughly about 40% thicker than most other rubber or PVC roofs. Okay. Why did we, why on a market share coach, why on a coach that retails around under 20 grand, why would we do that? Well, the reason why is to keep you on the road more than the service department. Now, I'm not going to tell you that there isn't things that are not going to go wrong with the trailers I sell dealers. If I had a perfect coach, believe me, everybody and their mama would buy it, all right? But it is a high quality, they use high quality stuff for the foundation and for the structure. And where we cut corners is cosmetics. We don't have radios, we don't have stereo radios, we don't have outside speakers. You know, um, <laughs> there, 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 there's cosmetic stuff that we cut corners on. Now, they look really good because I think the color change we made for 23 is really impressive. But at the same time, it's like we're not putting solid oak cabinetry inside of a 17-foot travel trailer because then we couldn't do the chassis and we couldn't do the roof. You know, we do a roof-mounted AC because it's the right thing to do. We don't put those little... I'll call them window ACs inside the travel trailer. So, you know, it's, but is everybody going to like that? No. I'd say at the Portland show I just did, you know, last two Portland shows, I found customers that 
found a lot of a lot of value in that and bought my product over an rpod or a no boundaries <laughs> or even a tab and even a cherokee right stuff that's a little more money than my stuff but they found the value in it right because it, it, at the end of the day most people don't remember the interior color of their coach they remember how much it's in service they remember what goes wrong with it. They hardly remember the, what the interior color is. Well, I think that's in this episode. So I'll, I'll talk more about this next week. But, you know, I, I hope this was helpful, guys. And if you have any questions for me directly, you know, you can contact me at LevingstonRVServices at gmail.com. That's Levingston, L-E-V-I-N-G-S-T-O-N, R-V services at gmail.com if you have any questions and um you know just if, if, hey man you know if you're watching me on youtube um whether it's the podcast channel which i just started not that long ago or if it's my regular channel my two-year-old rv walkthrough channel hey man hit the subscribe button and and you know hit the like button if you enjoy the videos and if you enjoy this podcast because you know, that way it spreads out to more of viewers. Because I think at the end of the day, I mean, I, I have the intentions of giving you the right information. Josh, the RV nerd, Matt, the, R, Matt, the RV Tobles reviews, Miles RV. You know, there's a lot of technicians that have YouTube channels that give you great information. This, uh, you know, I may not be everybody's cup of tea. So anyway, you guys enjoy. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you. And I will be, you'll be hearing from me right before December. <laughs>